You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. How can you not like a show where the neighbor boy's name is Boner and everybody's cool with it? (laughs) (laughs) What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? Welcome back for another issue on Imagine If. We are talking about the Spinner Rack this week, all the new comic books that are coming out on Tuesday and Wednesday from our big comic book companies. Then we will get into a little bit of WandaVision Episode 5 on a very special episode. And then we will get into our, uh, well, DC characters that have not been made into TV series or uh, live-action movies yet. And we have some social media followers that like to chime in about that. So, to get started, Chris, what is on our spinner rack? All right, so you know it's the second week of the second month in the 2021st year, um, and you're going to have your two big companies, so we get double the comic book day. Yeah, there's a lot of twos in there. I'm sure Harvey <laughs> Dent would be proud. Um, but let's see. This Tuesday from DC Comics, uh, you will have American Vampire 1976 issue five out. So Scott Snyder and Raphael Albuquerque are teaming up to get their wonderful series out there. Uh, It is February, so we do have Valentine's Day coming up. So if you want to impress your sweetheart or if you want to read about love because you don't have much in your life, then check out DC's Love is a Battlefield one shot. Uh, there's going to be, what is it? It's it's a $10 book, so it does have a hefty price tag. Uh, but you will be getting a lot of stories in there. So uh, just to keep you fans listed, if you're collecting for your, uh, your, your character's sake, there will be a Batman Catwoman story. Hawkman Hawkwoman. Uh, Wonder Woman Steve Trevor. Mr. Miracle and Big Barda. Nightwing and Starfire, Sergeant Rock and a Tale of Lost Love, Kid Flash and Red Arrow, Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy, Jon Stewart and Fatality, and the one that is the most shocker of all, Amanda Waller and Perry White. So if you want to see those couples get it on or how they would get together, this is definitely the book to check that up. So you're telling me uh, they're going to have uh, the government and, and, and the media in bed together? I don't know about well, that. That's already reality, so <laughs> <laughs> it's not too far-fetched. <laughs> Great, Scott. <laughs> we just got to – okay, so here's one to throw at your fun creative mind. All right. So Perry White and J. Jonah Jameson, right? That's your DC Marvel. So if if you were doing a Marvel version of this, right, who do you put J. Jonah Jameson with? Who Who's like your Amanda Waller-esque character there? Oh, my goodness. Uh, who is Amanda Waller over on the Marvel side? Mm. <laughs> like <laughs> the, the, the closest thing I could think of is Henry henry gyrick but i don't know we're gonna do J. Jonah jameson and henry gyrick together i can see them at the same barber shop for sure yes definitely <laughs> that's that's most definitely uh, i almost see 
Silver Sable because it's like, you know, she's a field, uh, she's a field agent, but she also does her own, you know, black ops unit. So that could be interesting, you know? Okay. I, I get, I get you. I get where you're, you're, you're throwing down there. Um, yeah, no, I, I can't really think of anybody. That's, that's a, that's a stumper. I don't know who my Amanda Waller is in the Marvel universe. Well, there you go. That, that'll be, maybe there's a future episode for us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I will have to do that. All right. Well, let's see. Moving along. Uh, future state continues. So future state dark detective issue three will be out Oh, and looking at, Oh, go ahead. What you got? It's Maria Hill. Oh, there we go. Good old flat top and Maria Hill. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Helicarrier. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. I'm sorry I interrupted you. I like that. I dig it. <laughs> All right, let's see. Uh, so anyway, so this is a uh, Dark Detective issue three is out. Um, this looks like the big one. It looks like, according to the cover, now it might just be a last page burb. I don't know. But it looks like we will have Bruce Wayne meet the next Batman. So this could definitely be a very fun one to pick up. Uh, Future State Green Lantern issue two will be out. Uh, this time we've got Hal Jordan on the cover, so you will get the uh, part two of John Stewart's adventure. We will get a Teen Lantern adventure, uh, and Teen Lantern comes to us from the Young Justice group. So Teen Lantern is uh, formally getting introduced into the GLC. And then the uh, Hal Jordan issue, and I got to look at that part in advance. I will tell you this, if you're a fan of Joel Munier, or Joe uh Oh, I can't think of it. Moeller, I want to say, but I think that might be wrong. But uh, the uh, Far Sector Green Lantern, definitely pick this one up because I think it's going to plant some seeds for what's going to come in the next Green Lantern series. Uh, Future State Justice League issue two will be out. Um, and then we will be getting some second printings. So Future State Kara <coughs> Zor-El, Superwoman number one, will be getting a character uh, uh Gosh, I'm losing the word there, but uh, a character sketch cover for the design. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm just getting too hyped about comics. Hmm. Um, Robin Eternal issue two will be out. I know I'm actually excited for this one um, just because issue one left on such a great cliffhanger. It'll be pretty wild to see how Tim Drake and company get out of this one. Uh, then we will also have Future State Superman and Wonder Woman teaming up uh, for their issue, too. So pick this one up because who knows, maybe in two years from now, they might say Superman and Wonder Woman. No, they never got together. Mm -hmm. uh, so that'll be the comic to save for the evidence. Future State Teen Titans number one gets a second printing character design. And this one's very nice because it'll feature the uh, Deathstroke Nightwing with the Red X character in the background as well, which so is perfectly timed. Oh, go ahead. I don't think we can uh, just uh, like breeze over that. Why is it Deathstroke and Nightwing together in that concept con costume? So I, I, I flipped through it quickly. I haven't really sat down and read and analyzed it. But in this potential future, the Teen Titans have just gone through even more traumatic disarray than before. And it almost seems like Dick Grayson is basically saying like, I have to stop the Titans. Like I've led them and we've been in too much turmoil and too much loss and too much damage. So therefore, if I'm the one who leads them, I will have to be the one who destroys them. And since that's pretty much been the motif of Deathstroke, that's why he's like fully embracing now that, you know, if you live long enough to be the hero, then you'll eventually become the villain. Uh, so it kind of seems like that. Plus it's, it's great shock value, you know? 
Um, I do find it interesting that that is kind of considered one of Nightwing's least favorite costumes, that 80s, 90s uh, costume that he had, mm-hmm. uh, the, the one right after Disco Wing, as they call it. <laughs> so it, it does look kind of cool, though, when you put that, that, that mask on it. So it'll be very interesting. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm one of the fans that I'm going to sit and wait because this way now I could read issues one and two together to see, okay, what is going on? Cause yeah, I'm very curious. Like, is this going to be, you know, a quote unquote parallax moment for Dick? Uh, what will happen? Will he come out of it? Will he stay that way? How does this even relate to future state Nightwing? You know? So it's, it's definitely something. Um, but I do know red X will be part of team Titans going forward. And if you were a fan of the cartoon series, I don't know which one, I think it was teen Titans go. We had a moment where Nightwing does join Deathstroke, and he did wear the red X costume. Mm. So maybe that's even more of a tie to be like, Oh, well here's how red X is related to Nightwing Dick Grayson once again. So it'll be very interesting to see. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I'm very curious too. I just, I kind of chose to sit and wait and we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but speaking of character designs, uh, the future state, the flash number one is getting a second printing and it'll feature Barry in his, Oh my God. I don't know what to call that thing. It's just absurd. It's every rogue and Barry with a beard wearing Jay's hat with like things popping out of him. Um, yeah, this is just crazy. <laughs> I was going to say, I see the boomerangs. Uh, yeah, I don't quite, I, and I see Jay's helmet. I don't quite get the rest of it. Yeah, so it would it would look better if it was in color because you'd see some of the stuff. But it's like, if you look on his hip, you can see he's got the holster. So that's probably, that's probably the cold gun. Um, and I think like the, uh, he's got the prankster's bag on him so that's the uh the circle shapes there on the bag so i think that's what that represents and then like the gauntlets i I forget which character they're from but yeah basically like the speed force is gone wally is like a speed force vampire and he's hunting down old flashes so they've had to get to the point where it's like okay we're, we're using the rogues to defeat this vampire evil wally thing so it's it's definitely something else i mean i i, I did read part one and it was interesting um you know it, it definitely took me back especially with the dell eagles ham art on there it, it it felt like a very you know post 2000 DC comic again, which was nice. Um, but where they're going with it and how it'll affect Wally in the infinite frontier is very interesting. Cause I know Wally fans are definitely going through their own, uh, how Jordan days as we went through it back in the day. <laughs> hey, uh, looking at that yeah. picture, what would you think of a storyline where captain boomerang and green arrow had to either team up or they were fighting each other. And at one point they switched weapons. Like would captain boomerang be able to shoot an arrow straight and would cap, uh, would green arrow be able to throw a boomerang accurately? I think I feel like captain boomerang would probably be more successful than green arrow would be. Um, because and I know the argument as well. There is a boomerang arrow, so it's not unfeasible for Ollie to know how to do it. Um, but I don't think he would. I, I think Captain Cold would be like, "Oh, this is just a straight line. This is easy. There's no challenge to it," uh, which would be fun because I think that would really get Ollie's goat even more, and he'd be like, "Brazzer, brazzer, freaking a," you know. Uh, but that would be kind of interesting, and just to even for their personalities, I think that'd be fun to play with, you know, because they're both kind of womanizers. 
but Ollie definitely sees himself as more of the heroic. And I could see like, uh, I can't think of, of kept of, of boomerangs name right now, but I could almost see him being like, Hey mate, you know, <laughs> we're going to go over to this bar and go get a couple shrimp on the Barbies. Right. And you know, Ollie's like, that's, that's uncouth of you. And it's like, ah, come on. <laughs> Harkness. Yeah. <laughs> Harkness. There you go. Digger. That's right. Digger. Harkness. Digger. Harkness. I miss his son. I, I thought so he was I. such a great kid. I thought he was a good character too. But yeah, so but no, I think in that one, I think Captain Cold gets the advantage. <laughs> uh, let's see, moving along, <clears throat> Green Lan- the Green Lantern season two, issue eleven will be out. Uh, this is one of the books I got to review. Some good stuff happens here. Uh, definitely, if you're a new fan, I would not recommend picking this up without reading the previous. Uh, issues of the Morrison Sharp team up because there's a lot of throwbacks to previous stuff, but holy crap, there are some nightmares in here. Uh, we have like Viking esque warriors riding spiders swimming across a lava lake. Yeah, that's right. Don't read this at night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the ending was pretty cool, so it definitely sets up for issue 12. Uh, Rorschach number five will be out, and this is another one that I'm also reviewing. Uh, this is the big issue. So this is definitely going to lay a lot of the uh, the seeds for what's to come. So I'm very excited. I can't wait to see other fans' reactions as well. Sweet Tooth, The Return will be back. So Jeff Lemire brings his uh, character-created project to life again. And then for collected editions, if you were a fan of Planetary, they will be getting the absolute hardcover edition from Warren Ellis and John Cassidy. Aquaman will be reprinting Echoes of a Life Lived Well. So this will definitely feature some of the Kelly Sue DeConnick adventures of the uh, Jason Momoa Aquaman comic book style. Uh, Batman The Joker War will be collected as a hardcover. Here's a blast from the past. Green Lantern Circle of Fire will be getting a new trade. Yes. Um, I would recommend this book. If you were a fan of Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, pick this up because it really does play with concepts of what ifs and things like that. Now, again, there's going to be a twist and I don't want to spoil it for you because I don't know if you remember it, Mitch, but dang, the, the twist, it threw me for a loop. I was very surprised. Um, but you know, we got some great concepts here. I would almost say this is like laying the groundwork for spider Gwen because one of our newly introduced green lanterns was, um, uh, I can't think of Alex. Of, of Alex. Yeah, there we go. Alex, where she lived in a world where she survived and Kyle was the one who uh, got fridged. So what a great story, great art, beautiful stuff. So I'd recommend picking that one up. Who It says various writers on that, but who is the main writer? So Judd Winnick was the, uh, was the main he? architect behind it. Yeah, he because he did like the framing books, Green Lantern, School of Fire 1 and 2. He may have done one of the uh, inside books, but yeah, that was mainly his baby. Because at the time, he was writing the Green Lantern book, too. Because when, when we come out of this is when we get Ion, right? In which I remember that was... Uh, that was... Well, we, don't, we, we didn't get Ion out of this, but it was near that era. It was near that era, yeah. So yeah, that, and that yeah. was his thing. Yeah, that was his big thing there. Uh, but we did get Oblivion. That was the big thing there. So that was part of the equation that leads to Ion because a lot of people forgot about that. It was that extra energy from Oblivion mixed with the leftover power of Parallax in the sun and Kyle's Green Lantern ring. Well, we also so that's had, how we get Ion. Didn't he have some power from uh, Nero also? I know Nero tried to get it. I don't know if he got anything from Nero. Oh, okay. Uh, 
but I know he did like both of them were kind of like, okay, we need to get this power because that led to one of the weirdest comics ever where we have a naked Kyle Rayner fighting a naked Nero in his torn up trench coat <laughs> fighting for the power. <laughs> you See, say, kids? you, you say strange. Other people say kink. <laughs> Yeah, comics were progressive even back then <laughs> but uh no but great story and what i like about this trade too is you actually get some of the background issues so issue 129 through 136 of the green lantern series of that day so i think that's great um <clears throat> and if you're a fan you're gonna get some firestorm adam strange the atom power girl and uh, various other justice leaguers popping into this one as well so a great mix of uh just unique teams chemistry and wildness going on so fun stuff um and then of course the new hawk series hawkman uh by robert vendetti vendetti will get issue or sorry volume four uh the hawks eternal so here we get to see more of the romance of the winged wonders and then flipping it over to the other side, uh, going over to Marvel. So these will be books that are coming out on Wednesday. So save some money so that way you can return to your LCS. Uh, let's see here. We have Amazing Spider-Man issue 56 getting a second printing. Um you know, I'm excited about all this stuff. I like the concept of what's going on with Harry, but I don't like the fact that this story is still going on all the way from like damn near issue one. Um, so I'll, Nick Spencer, please end it already. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, just in time, amazing Spider-Man issue 59 is out. So the return of Mr. Negative is on board. So if you missed him, he's back. Uh, and this is a neat variant month that they're doing. Um, some of the comics will have the old uh, Marvel Masterworks style banner to them. So they have that that uh, very white marble background and then a Marvel Universe frame with the character poster or not character, but a character uh, picture poster style in the center. So I thought those were great uh, homaging the original Marvel Masterworks that were printed back in the day. Uh, Daredevil issue 27 will be out. I know I'm excited about this. I got to say, uh, I didn't really care for King in black at first. Uh, but then after reading death metal, I was like, all right, you know what? This, this heavy metal concepts got me intrigued. So I, I bit and I've been enjoying King in black and I'm not going to read all the crossovers. I'm not going to lie to you. There's just way too much, but, uh, the, the, the crossovers have come into books that I do read. And I did enjoy the Guardians of the Galaxy. I thought that was great. And this Daredevil one with them crossing over. Holy crap, dude. That was awesome. So highly recommend picking up this issue. Um, if you haven't read issue 26 by now, there's something wrong with you. I'm going to say it. <laughs> um, but we're going to have, we have a fully possessed Matt Murdock. So prison Matt gets an evil symbiote attack. And then we're going to have daredevil Electra versus Typhoid Mary possessed by a symbiote. That alone is why you need to pick it up. Cause that's insane. So wow. chips are and company. Great stuff. Keep it up. So let me ask you this. Uh, we have, what you got? we have right now we have both companies doing heavy metal, uh, crossover projects, right? In the past we've had yes. uh rap, comic book crossover uh properties um do we get country music here in the future at some point yes yes you do uh the rawhide kid and uh 
Gosh, who would be the DC equivalent? Of? It'd be, um, uh, I know yeah. they've got cowboy heroes. Oh, the yeah. vigilante. You do the, uh, you know, and you have those guys. And yeah, they're just sitting on the back of a Chevy singing about Fords. See, That's, I was going to say Jonah yeah. Hex, but sure. Oh, there you go. No, the, I think Jonah might be the better pick. But hey, the more the merrier. You know, eventually yeah. you could go into the, uh, the forgotten era of cowboy boy band country style music. Uh, I think, wasn't that like mid 2000s it was very short-lived but there was a while there <laughs> where country was trying to go boy bandage so there you go all right so there we go that's our our big crossover we get a, i don't listen to country music at all but as soon as we get there we get to do this country comic book crossover thing it's gonna be uh uh let's see it's called it's called heavy metal or is that what's is that what's it's called over at dc right now oh well, you had okay you had death metal and then king and black so this one will be, uh, uh, gosh, well, I'm trying to think what some, uh, it's Marvel cowboy up and <laughs> DC would be, uh, out on the range, uh, save a, save a horse, drink a beer or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. We, you heard it here first folks. <laughs> And we're sorry for that. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. Moving along. Uh, Eternals issue two will be out. So if you want to get a sneak peek for the next big Marvel uh, property that should be blowing up, definitely check this book out because whatever happened before doesn't matter. It's all about what's happening now. <laughs> um, Excalibur issue 18 will be out. Um Fantastic Four issue 29 will be out, which also ties into King and Black. King and Black issue one is getting a second printing variant cover, uh, which features a nice uh, image of Noel himself. So definitely pick that one up. Black Panther will have a one shot tying in a King and Black. So how does T'Challa uh, stand for this craziness that has come to the Marvel Universe? King and Black Thunderbolts issue two will be out. So uh, the wacky team uh, uh, is going to basically face this whole crazy situation. And looking at the cover, so I forget who was on this team, um, but it looks like we have Batrock the Leaper, uh, Taskmaster, and some others. So, uh, the, the, and what's wild is you don't see the symbiotes conjoining to them so that's how crazy they are that even these symbiotes didn't want to deal with them <laughs> <laughs> was that uh, uh was that moonstone was that one of, was moonstone one of them i think you're right i think she was one of the uh uh, one of the characters in there. So, but yeah, definitely. I, I really haven't heard much feedback or feedback. Oh, star is one of them too. The, uh, the infinity stone that came to life. So definitely interesting to see there. Uh, let's see. Morbius Bl bond of blood. One shot will be out. Uh, so if you want to get some more insights to another potential Marvel property that could be blowing up, definitely check this one out as well. well Power pack. Issue oh, go ahead. Well, we know that, you know, with the movie that was supposed to have already been out. Um, do you think that we're going to be seeing more of Morbius in comic books in general? Like, does, or do you think it solely depends on how well the movie does? I think it's at, at this point, cause they've done a lot of hype because if we, if we remember last week, they had Morbius's first appearance reprint. Uh, there's been at least like two more collected editions that popped up. And even with this one, with the uh, creative team behind it, you've got Ralph Macchio as the writer and Tom Riley as the artist. And uh, Tom Riley tragically passed away a couple of months ago. 
So actually, no, I'm sorry. I'm mixing up my artist. My fault. My fault. Uh, Tom Riley. He, so he's, he's not on any current books. So this could be maybe having an, uh, a creative team in the wings waiting or, you know, but yeah, I definitely think it's going to be, let's see how those numbers look. And then we'll decide if we're going to have, you know, Morbius, the vampire getting his own book or, you know, I, I think he works well if you stick him with blade and other supernatural characters and just have the spirits of vengeance or something to that point. Hmm. All right. It's, I, it's honestly, it's just something that I was, I'm interested in because I, I never found the character of Morbius interesting. So uh-huh. I know with the movie coming out they're one, they'd, they'd want to push him before the movie comes out, but then also if the movie does well enough, he'll be integrated into more stuff. And I just, don't see how that can happen. Yeah, no, he's definitely a tough sell of a character uh, because, you know, he's, he's a Spider-Man villain at the heart of him. He's a Spider-Man villain. Um, and there are characters that do great, but they just can't carry solo books. But yeah, I could definitely see the spotlight coming on him though. If that movie does well. Okay. Uh, let's see. Moving along though. Power pack issue three will be out. So they will be dealing with outlawed. So no more kid heroes. Uh, sword issue three will be out. Now, if you're excited for sword because of a certain TV show, please be advised. This will be entirely different (laughs) than what you'll be going to expect. Uh, this is the actual comic book sword where they deal with outer space craziness, not uh, craziness. (laughs) Uh, taskmaster issue three will be out continuing his mini series. And again, here's another character, you know, he's, he's on the poise to be, uh, really awesome because of the black widow film. But again, that, that got paused due to everything. So that could be real interesting to see what they do with him. Um, there's a Wolverine anthology book, black, white, and blood issue three will be out. So a lot of creators coming together to give us some crazy adventures of, of old Logan himself. X-Force issue 17 will be out. And then for collected editions, we have Captain America by Teneste Coates, volume four, All Die Young. This has been a spectacular series, so I highly recommend it. Uh, Going back to what we were just talking about, Morbius, the Epic Collection, volume one. So if you want to get some of his crazy old school adventures, check it out. I just Uh, love on the cover. I just wanted to say before you get too far going, uh, go back a couple books and uh, the book was by Teneste Coates. Yes. Tanahase Coates, Captain America. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you also want more about uh, this 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 writer, uh, one of our shows on Geek Elite Media, uh, Love of Pages, is doing a book about him. So, or not about him, that written by him. It's called The Water Dancer, I believe. So, if you tune in on Tuesday nights at eight p.m. Mountain Standard Time, you will be able to listen to that podcast of the of the book group, Love of Pages. Oh, nice. That's cool. Yeah, he is a very versatile writer, uh, and I'm glad that he's come over to comic books to share some of his in, his imagination. Great stuff. Uh, well, let's see. Kind of piggybacking backwards again, <laughs> uh, Morbius, the Epic Collection. So I find that really interesting. Uh, the one major thing that I am excited about with this is you're going to get some Gil Kane art. Um so Gil Kane, one of my favorite artists, uh, co-creator of the Hal Jordan Green Lantern. But yeah, you can definitely go check this out. And as I was mentioning, too, I love this cover because that's Blade right there. That's his old school costume back in the day. So green pants with a brown jacket. Yeah, that, that's a far cry <laughs> from our cool leather-cladded, you know, badass guy. 
Uh, so this one will take you back to Amazing Spider-Man issues 101, 102, Marvel Team-Up issues 3 and 4, Fear, Giant-Sized Superheroes, Vampire Tales, and Giant-Sized Werewolves. So again, all just showing that Morbius was not a title laid character. He was just <laughs> showing up. So, uh, you know, here's how you definitely say, hey, this character has a movie. Let's make him famous. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, and then one more. This one comes from my heart. These are definitely lost tales, but it's definitely worth checking out. X Factor. Epic Collection Volume 1 is getting a reprint. So this is called Genesis and Apocalypse. Um, definitely an interesting book because it started off very rocky. So... Chris Claremont had retired Cyclops. He had a Mary Madeline and life was going to be good. And then this writer, I can't think of his name right now, uh, Bob. No, but anyways, so uh, Layton was his last name. But anyways, he had this idea of saying, well, hey, what if we have a book with the original X-Men? And they're like, well, you can't because Gene's dead, uh, thanks to the famous Dark Phoenix saga. And a young intern, Kurt Busiek, had an idea. And he's the one who said, hey, what if what if it wasn't Jean? What if she was different and the Phoenix took her over? So that led to the whole famous cocoon. Uh, so we got Jean Grey back, and, and there you go. That led to X Factor. Um, another fun fact about that, it would have been Dazzler. She was poised to be the fifth member of X Factor, and there was going to be a big relationship between Beast and Dazzler. So sorry, Mitch, you, you don't get the... Uh, Sparkle fur or whatever cool relationship <laughs> we come up with. <laughs> but yeah, so anyways, check that one out. Uh, some great stuff there. Uh, building on the ever-loving adventures of the O5. And that is your spinner rack. Very cool. What a very big spinner rack it is. Let's go ahead and talk about WandaVision Episode 5 uh, very, on a very special episode. Uh, if you have not watched uh, the fifth episode of WandaVision yet, Please uh, pause the episode, go watch that, come back, listen to what we have to say, because we are going to spoil it. Uh, biggest thing, you have to get right to it. Evan Peters showing up as Pietro. Uh, they very much pay, yeah. make yeah, they make a, a big point of, in the beginning of the episode, when they're having their little uh, sword FBI multi-agency debriefing, that... Um, Wanda does not have a code name. She has never been called Scarlet Witch. So that would also imply that Pietro never got the Quicksilver uh, code name. So with all that being said, we have Pietro show up who I don't even know if he was called Pietro. If Evan Peters was called Pietro in uh, the X-Men movies, if he was just called Quicksilver, even if he was called either one, If to, to, to be honest. You know, and they call him. Didn't they call him Peter at one point. I think. I think they just called him Peter. Yeah, if I'm if I remember correctly. Yeah. So, uh, how do you feel about that? What, what what do you think the implications are? So I'm excited that they did bring up the fact that her superhero name wasn't used. Uh, I think that's great. I would love to see how it's going to happen. Um, the you know because the code names are interesting. Um, I like the fact that we're looking at Quicksilver because I do feel that character got robbed in the Marvel cinematic universe. You know, you, you got a pretty solid actor playing them and then you, you kill them right off the bat. And it was just like, wow, that was insane. Um, the Marvel are the Fox side of stuff. Definitely played them up. They, they made Quicksilver a fun character, uh, even though he's not even remotely close to his comic book. No, no. Count part. Uh, 
Um, and in the but, in the X Men universe, the Fox X Men universe, he didn't have um, a twin sister. He did have a younger sister. They never <laughs> never called her Wanda or anything like that. But he, yeah, he never had a twin sister. So that's also interesting. Okay. And then, then that's even curious too. Like, is that his adopted sister or is that, you know, some, you know, or is that supposed to be Wanda? So that is, that's going to be interesting to see how that plays up. Uh, the fact that he knows that they're related is pretty wild. Um, and then we also saw that Magneto have a younger daughter in the next X-Men movie, um, X-Men Apocalypse. So, uh, but that one is not. I don't believe it's supposed to be Wanda either, and nor is it supposed to be Polaris. This is a young woman that can control animals, talk to animals, speak, you know, do stuff with animals. So uh, I don't know. Like the fact that he, that Evan Peters shows up at the end of the episode and, and he is all for, you know, Hey, any, any love for your, your brother kind of thing uh, was very interesting because to me that implies either whoever is manipulating Wanda or Wanda herself knows of uh alternate universes and knows that in this other alternate universe there is a there is a pietro yeah even no, if this definitely. isn't even if this isn't the pietro from that universe it's it's someone made themselves look like that pietro yeah no that's what's that's what's crazy so i mean it it definitely it's a it's a jaw dropping brain tickling uh cliffhanger of an episode so it's like well what does this mean um but speaking of wanda one thing that i did find interesting she now has telepathic abilities you know what that's i said the exact same thing is like i never knew that she i've never seen her have telepathic abilities i looked up her wiki uh afterwards and it was already there there was already articles written about it but i i can get it as more as like she can manipulate people's brains in a way because she's alternate alternating or altering reality, but I never took it as she can read people's minds. So that yeah, is I two never different that way. Yeah. Two different versions of telepathy. If that's what you're going to go with. But, uh, yeah, that was an interesting thing that they said telekinesis and telep- telepathy. And I was like, Hmm, never really know, know, known her to have telepathy as a power, but, still makes sense because it's it's crazy yeah it's crazy how she went because even then like magic was not her natural ability like i do like the fact that we're finally calling them hexes i think that was great because that's been all the way since her first appearance you know she had her hexes her her mutant ability hex uh, mm-hmm. that was the language used back in the day but it was just she just had the ability to manipulate probability you know so it's like she's a she's a conscious uh, 20 sided die, you know, where it's like, okay, I want that to happen. Poof, it happens. I don't want that to happen. Poof, it doesn't happen. That was all she had. And then eventually she did start studying magic because of her culture and meeting Agatha Harkness. And so it was like, Hey, you know, why not? Why not learn how to do this? So now she has a grasp of mask of magic and she can also enhance it more with her probability altering hexes. So, but you know, it, it's, it's been one of those things where, if people have an idea of what a character should be, then they can, you know, do certain things because of that lack of knowing the full history of characters. So I did find that interesting. Um, another, oh, big, another big part of the episode was uh, the kids, the twins, the brothers, Tommy and Billy, uh, both aging twice in the show, but not just aging, but aging in front of, Agnes, the the name. Everyone, yeah. 
So yeah, that was very. And I thought it was interesting that they controlled it. Like they chose because with the whole like the dog part, which we'll talk about in a moment. But like the two kids looking at each other, or even you know, like they were like, "Hey, let's." You know, how old do we have to be to have a dog? Ten. They just look at each other and whoop, you know, so like, wow, they're controlling it. So that's some interesting power possession on their part. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another big part was uh, when the terrible interim director of S.W.O.R.D. Hayward decides to send in uh, a drone. Well, I guess technically this is Monica's uh, idea to send in a drone, but it was Hayward's idea to put a missile on the drone to attack Wanda and when they're about to fire on her, uh, the whole screen goes black. And a version of Wanda, or at least the version that we're most used to uh, outside of this show, in her somewhat Scarlet Witch outfit, pulls the drone out, brings it out, and throws it at them. And it's like, hey, don't come in here. You you come near this thing again, and I will kill you. Like, uh, It was a very intense standoff moment. And uh, I don't know. Do you feel like that was actually Wanda? I feel like it was someone pretending to be Wanda. It's tough because like, I feel like it is Wanda, but you're right. Like the language, the mannerisms didn't seem very Wanda esque. Um, I feel like whatever's enthralled, the people of the city is also enthralling her to play along with this because I feel the moment when they were like, Hey, you know, you've taken these people. She kind of, at least to me, it felt like she kind of had a pause and I feel like that's like the real Wanda, like, uh, but then it was like, I don't care. These people are here. This is how we're living life. So it was like, okay, that doesn't, that doesn't seem very Wanda-esque. So I, I think you're right. Like whatever's controlling things is either puppeting Wanda or maybe that was, you know, an avatar looking of Wanda to come out there for that. But yeah, that didn't, that didn't seem totally in Wanda's character or style. Yeah. And, uh, it, it, it was very intentional that they went to black when uh, the the drone uh, got taken down. Uh, and when they returned back to seeing Wanda in the TV show, the WandaVision TV show, she is back in the 80s clothing. Um, and then it was also very intentional when Vision is talking to his coworker, Norm. Uh, Norm, when he brings him out of the trance, which is kind of cool because want or vision has that ability for whatever reason to kind of get people to come out of their, their transfer a little bit. Uh, he, he kept saying, she, she's inside my head. She's making me do this. She's keeping us here instead of saying Wanda. So to me, that's very telling too of we're not, we're not giving away exactly who it is that's doing this. Who is the one that is inside their heads? Yeah, that's a good call. So it's it makes you feel like it because you're playing off your reaction and emotions. But you're right. There is going to be something more. So who could that be? Um, and speaking of she's Agnes, she really acted very different this episode. Um, I love the part when she comes in and she's like, oh, hey, you know, I, I heard the kids. I'm here to help babysit. And, you know, even Vision is like, oh, you know, this is we should have been expecting you, blah, 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 blah. But I really I love the I love the awkwardness of that when like when she's like, oh, well, I'll take him. And, you know, Wanda's like, sure, please. And then Vision's like, no, she's not taking him. And then Agnes was just like, should we run that again? Yeah. Yeah. She's like breaking <laughs> like, character. Going like, yeah. should I go from the top? Um, 
and to me to me that's very much like i'm gonna throw vision off like it's to make wanda seem like she's the one that's in control uh when actually it's agnes who's in control because she knows that more things are going to be happening right now and she's going to be uh manipulating the the family very much in this quote-unquote episode um they are going to end up uh she every time something big happens in the group or in the episode uh agnes is there like she is very much pushing them towards having kids in the first two episodes or bringing up the idea of kids to the point where they eventually have kids at the end of the second episode or they are at least pregnant at the end of the second episode uh she is bringing up you know all the the stuff about the dog and uh bringing people back to life or bringing the dog back to life and you know all that stuff and then oh look at that at the end of the episode someone's been brought back to life so uh i, I definitely think agnes and if it's true what people have been speculating that she is agatha harkness uh is a big part of that yeah yeah, so that that's going to be interesting to see. Like this episode is making me very suspicious of her. I mean, last one there was some of that element, but this one definitely it's like okay, she's uh like I was reading something and it was kind of they they brought up a good thing where it's like when she cuz she is the one who essentially calls out Monica Rambeau. She's like, "Oh, she's not like us. Uh she she doesn't even have a home and it somebody said it like it was like a good tactic of a villain is to call somebody else out." Mhm. And what they're calling them out is exactly what you are as well. So it's like, oh, okay, she's an outsider. And we haven't seen Agatha's home as well. You know, so what does her home look like? We don't know. Who is this? Her husband, Fred. We don't know. <laughs> was it Fred or Ralph? I thought it was Ralph. Oh, you're right. Ralph. Yeah, yeah. Ralph. So last thing I wanted to bring up was uh, with Monica, Monica Rambo. Obviously, a lot of things happened in this episode, but we're just we're just kind of hitting the, the big parts. Uh, her scans. Yeah, her scans we're not of a normal person. Her x-rays looked all weird and stuff like that, but she didn't have time to look at it again. We know as comic book readers that Monica Rambo is at one time, a captain Marvel, uh, a photon and her mother's call sign in the show was photon when she was a pilot. Um, did she had one more name? Didn't she, when she was a superhero or was it just photon and, and, and captain Marvel? I think it was just photon and captain Marvel. I okay. believe. Uh, do you think that this is a result of going into Westview or was this a thing that happened to her before she went away in the blip? I hope that they're saying that she had the powers and maybe this is what's being triggered now to protect her. So like she had powers before the blip and then after the blip happened, it's kind of like, okay, her powers might be awake. And then once she went into Wanda's world, and being kicked out of there, it's like, okay, now her powers are like, I got to start protecting you. So this is, you know, what's going on. And yeah, cause it was interesting. Cause again, it, you know, it, it leads to light with the x-rays and her being photon, she has power over light rays. So, you know, we don't get to see her like nothing penetrates through. So it almost shields her. So maybe that'll even explain how she was able to survive when Wanda threw her out of there partly too. Yeah. So when we had, um, uh, I, I mean, you have a, a lady that was a part of S.W.O.R.D. before she blipped away. Um, between the 1990s, when she first uh, meets, re-meets Carol Danvers as Captain Marvel, and then Infinity War, when she blips away, there's a lot of time that she could have been hanging out with Carol Danvers as Captain Marvel. Like, there's a lot of things that could have happened in that in-between time. 
So we, we never know. Yeah. Well, and something I found interesting, I kind of felt like she got soured when they mentioned Captain Marvel. So did I. I. Did you pick up that vibe? I definitely picked up that vibe. Because she said, uh, she said, Wanda could have killed me. Wanda definitely could have killed Thanos. She, he almost, he, she almost had him. Uh, if it wasn't for the blitz that Thanos called down, uh, she would have won. And then, uh, Randall Park or Agent Wu said, well, yeah, Captain Marvel also would have done it. And she literally, she has a very definite, like, anger face on at that moment. Now, is it because they had some kind of falling out or is it because uh, she just didn't want to be reminded of Captain Marvel at that moment? I don't yeah, know. So there's, there's definitely something there. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out you know, for Captain Marvel two or wherever it may come up. So yeah, definitely stoked for that. Okay, Chris, let's get into talking about what we'd like to see in the DC universe, uh, live action, uh, TV, TV series or movies. Uh, we once again, put it out to our, uh, followers on social media to find out what it is that they would like to see over on our Instagram. We had John Camarena, who we talked about last week is one of the hosts here at geek elite media. Uh, live action Eradicator Superman, uh, very specific character there. Uh, what do you think about uh, an Eradicator Superman, Chris? So I, I think it'd be fun. Um, I, I could definitely see it as like a miniseries, you know, kind of have him there as the protector of Kal-El, uh, just because that was the original uh, motivations of, of the Eradicator before the death of Superman. Um but, you know, yeah, I mean, Henry Cavill's not doing much. He looks good for Superman. So, you know, if we're not going to do Superman, maybe that's the way we do it. So that could be that could definitely be something interesting to watch. I think you'd get better luck, though, if you do the four Supermen. I think that'd be fun. Like maybe have Steel and Superboy there and, you know, nod to uh, uh, Cyborg Superman as well. But but definitely uh, Eradicator's a fun look. I know he was my favorite Superman for when you know people were asking well which one of them is superman yeah that's you know that honestly i think that's the best thing that you could do and i don't know why we haven't seen that yet but the live action version of the reign of superman like that would to me that would make the most sense you get four different characters and you get four different adventures and then eventually you get to see the betrayal of one of those supermen yeah uh over still on our instagram we have mars skyler uh, he wants Animal Man. Now, how would you feel about... Oh, why did I just lose Animal Man's name? His real name. Oh, Buddy Baker. Buddy Baker, yes. Buddy Baker. What do you? How do you feel about Buddy Baker on uh, live action? You know, I, I would watch that. Uh, Buddy, like, it's funny. As a kid, I remember there was, like, the 1990 DC Universe trading card set. And I loved it. Like, I just thought it was so cool because I'm learning about all these heroes because, you know, kids, we didn't have Google. And um, mm-hmm. what like Animal Man and even one of your heroes, and I'll, I'll, I'll mention this again when you get to it, but like there were some trading cards that stuck out and Animal Man was one of them. And I just thought, oh, what a cool concept. And I mean, I only had limited knowledge from what the card could say, probably less than 100 words, but I thought it was neat. Like, here's a guy who talks to animals. So in the vein of, you know, Dr. Doolittle, 
Um, you know, take Dr. Doolittle, toss in some of the craziness of Grant Morrison and add superheroics to it. Why not? That'd be great. You know, and you know, yeah, you could have those weird scenes. Like, can you imagine like, you know, Buddy Baker, you know, all right, kids have a great day at school. And then he looks at his wife and it's like, Hey, you know, we got some alone time. And then all of a sudden, you know, he starts making out with his wife and then the family dog is like, yeah, go get it. <laughs> like, oh crap. Uh, this feels weird. <laughs> uh yeah i would love to see buddy baker i think that is especially if you go with certain runs we could see a lot of cool um interesting things happening with that character in a tv series or movie like either way um last on our our instagram is at mick underscore shay who put down martian manhunter now we've had live action versions of martian manhunter don't get me wrong i'd love to see more versions of, of live action live action martian manhunter uh, most recently we saw, we see the actor David Harewood, uh, playing him on Supergirl, uh, back in Smallville, we had the actor Phil Morris play him. And according to Zack Snyder, uh, every time that you see Harry Lennox in one of his DCEU movies, Man of Steel, Batman v Superman and Justice League, uh, he is actually playing Martian Manhunter as, uh, that army general. Yeah. Yeah, no, it would definitely, it, 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 you know, he's a fun character. Uh, he's an often forgotten character. Um, so I would, I'd, if, if I played him, if, if you did him as a show, I'd put him in the 1950s, put him in, you know, I think it'd be fun to have like, there's a lack of superheroes, but there's also a huge, uh, irrational fear of paranoia going on. I think that'd be fun to, you know, he's like, well, how do I blend in? What do I do? I feel this responsibility to help, but I can never be my true self. So that could be definitely fun to play. Yeah. Uh, I think that we, we've said this before that Martian Manhunter, Martian Manhunter really be, ends up becoming the heart of the Justice League for us. So why not play up that, that version of his character? Um, we, we get to see a little bit of that, I feel like, in Supergirl, but uh, I don't feel like... David Harewood is allowed to uh, stretch too much, so to speak, uh, as the character. So yeah. there's that. Uh, over on our Facebook, first person to respond was Daniel Barroso, who is another host of uh, on here on Geek Elite Media. He just wants a Kyle Rayner show. Uh, we have yet to see Kyle Rayner in live action as a Green Lantern. Uh, we've seen Hal Jordan, but I think that's the only live action Green Lantern we've seen so far. Is that correct, Chris? Yeah, I mean, we did. We do have Guy Gardner in that failed uh, Justice League pilot, but yeah, our only live action experience is Hal Jordan. So, oh, oh, uh, wait. We also have an Alan Scott, a live action Alan Scott in Smallville, I believe. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we 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 do have uh, hints towards Alan. So yeah, but yeah, very very not very many live action Green Lanterns as we have actual <laughs> comic. Lanterns. <laughs> I mean, there's so many comic book Green Lanterns. How, how have we not had more live action ones yet? Uh, which is going to change. We're we have the TV show coming out on HBO Max here soon. So uh, I don't believe Kyle is supposed to be a part of that show, but you never know. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, and you know, Kyle would be fun. Uh, I, I, I really like. I think it's and it's funny because we've talked about this before. Like. When Ron Mars, the cre- one of the co-creators of Kyle Rayner, he just would beat up his baby, you know, like just like constantly like, you're not good enough, you're not good enough. And it was really Grant Morrison when he had him in JLA that had the character grow and really gave him voice and, and, and had him do amazing feats. 
So, I mean, I would definitely love to see uh, uh, Kyle get that spotlight, but I definitely want more of draw from Grant Morrison's writings than anything else. <laughs> Uh, one of the characters I threw out on on Facebook, not one of the characters I'll talk about later, uh, is the Element Man Metamorpho Rex Mason. Um, I just love that character. I think he's fun. Um, he's kind of like the Fantastic Four and Plastic Man put together. Uh, so why not? Why not give me that character? I don't know if he can hold up a whole series on his own basically the reason why you don't get a whole series of his own anymore uh but him showing up as a supporting character would be pretty cool yeah well i mean you know we the, the groundwork was laid in, in wonder woman 1984 so you know definitely play with the character some more there's there's tragedy in him um mm-hmm. you know and and it, it's it's funny because it's like for what swamp thing goes through you know you could definitely play that with metamorpho where there's been times where it's like his body's been alive but he's not rex mm-hmm. so that could be interesting and then when rex comes together it's like am i really rex or am i just these elements pretending to be rex <laughs> <laughs> and then i would love to have somebody slap him in the back of the head and be like oh quit getting all alan moore on yourself <laughs> uh then we have joe ghoul uh, G U E L. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing your last name. He put the the question, and then he added a gif. So it's uh, very much the question, Vic Sage, not the question. Uh, Renee Montoya. Re- Renee Montoya. Thank you. Uh, I, we've talked about this, you know, on repeat. We love a, a Vic Sage in live action at this point. Uh, I don't know why we haven't gotten it yet. I don't know if there's a thing with uh steve ditko's family or estate or whatever or if uh they just don't want to detract from rorschach at this point but please give me vic sage in a live action something yeah no that'd definitely be cool to see him uh you know have him team up with some of his charlton character friends that'd be even better for me (laughs) (laughs) Raul Mar- Marquez, uh, Pooster Gold. It would be cool to see him in the 25th century, This then time travel back to our time. Yeah, give me something set in the future. Why don't we have anything set in the future? We have so many characters that are set in the future. Give me Booster Gold, uh, you know, run down Booster Gold, who tries to be a superhero in the future, in the 20th, 25th century first, um, but then after being a failed football player and then traveling back to the our, our time. Yeah, no, I think that would, that'd be fun. You know, it'd be fun to kind of see more of that life of Booster Gold, the behind the scenes. Uh, I know Jeff Johns and Jeff Katz, when they did their Booster Gold series, uh, they, you know, showed more of the relationship that Booster had with his father. So that'd be fun to like play that up and, you know, again, sneak in another Charlton character and you've got me for sure. (laughs) Uh, Matt Roberts of the We Are Entertained podcast, a show that both of us have been on in the past, uh, put down the Wonder Twins. We got Jana and Xander? Something like that. I know it's Jan and Zan, so... Jan and Zan, uh, okay. (laughs) Uh, I mean, that would just be a funny show. Just give me the comedy of the two of them, uh, you know, fighting crime, uh, helping out people using their weird powers and and then acclimating to earth life because we got to remember they're from the outer, they're aliens they're from outer space so uh give me that show i'm i'm all for it yep, just as long as we get gleek in there as well <laughs> <laughs> uh and then the last one on our facebook is john richard nelson and he threw out some obscure ones we got i'm torn between arm fall off boy and dog welder 
Um, so <laughs> I don't really know either one of these too well. I know Arm Falloff Boy is more than likely what Nathan Fillion is going to be playing, the grown-up version of that in The Suicide Squad from James Gunn. And if Arm Falloff Boy... You know, his name is so literal. That's what he does. And as, as I've come to learn, if the same thing happened is, is for dog welder, I am not okay with this. Do not weld dogs together. <laughs> There's the uh, secret origin of cat dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, do you know anything about either one of these characters, Chris? No, like, I think I've heard the names in passing. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I I don't know if I'd be watching. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now over to our Facebook or our, sorry, our Twitter where we got the most answers. Um, no, why am I, why did I go the other direction? I'm sorry for everyone. We have first up is at Marsan J 47, which is uh, Martin Sanchez who gave us a lot of great ones last week. Uh, Kyle Rayner. He wants to see a Kyle Rayner also. And I, I even, asked him because his his uh picture his uh avatar picture is of kyle rayner i said so obviously you're you're a fan of kyle rayner he's one of your characters who would you like to see play tyler or kyle rayner sorry uh he came back with the actor tyler posey i believe tyler posey is from the teen wolf tv show if i remember correctly oh wow uh yeah and so we already talked about tyler tyler uh i'm sorry kyle rayner um uh, Alex Lusardi, who is a friend of the podcast network, uh, came back with Terry McGinnis. No question. Yes, we want to see live action Terry McGinnis in uh, in a movie or a TV series. Uh, I know that the internet itself is clamoring for Michael Keaton to play old Batman in a Batman Beyond show. I personally would like to see uh, the actor that played... Heimdall, not Heimdall, sorry, uh, fuck, Volstagg in Thor. Um, he also played the Punisher in Punisher Warzone. I, I don't know why, but I, I'm blanking on his name, the actor's name right now. It's Ray something. But uh, I think he would make a great old man Wayne. But either way, give it to me. I want to see it. Now, the monkey's paw twist, though. Since you asked just for Terry McGinnis, that's all you get. <laughs> <laughs> The Adventures of a High Schooler in the Future. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You're right. You don't get the Batman part. You just get Terry McGinnis. Um, Curious Curmudgeon uh, with Q's uh, put down Jack Ryder the Creeper. He wants to see Harry Shum Jr. play Jack Ryder the Creeper in specifically in uh, CW Superman and Lois or a solo. So he also tagged Greg Berlanti, the CW, and HBO Max, which is great. Good, very, very cool, very cool of him. And he gave us a picture too. He has a picture here of Harry Shum Jr. Uh, to compare to Jack Ryder, and then also Harry Shum Jr. without a shirt on to compare to the Creeper. The Creeper is such oh, a cool character. To... I'm sorry, what, Chris? You're going to have to make sure the guy is comfortable with running around because it's just uh, red speedos, a lot of body paint, and that weird red boa <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh like the creeper is just a, a very strange character if i remember his origin correctly it's the joker taking a news reporter and trying to recreate his um his own origin of being dropped in the vat 
of acid and chemicals and it didn't quite come out the same. He uh, decides to be a hero as opposed to a villain, correct? I Well, I know that was from the animated series. I don't know if that's the actual comic book origin. Wow, okay. Okay, so I, I pulled up his wiki to look at this, and this is crazy. Okay, so check it out. His first origin, it, his transformation into the Creeper, involved activating a device that granted superhuman abilities while also causing his face to be covered in yellow makeup, his hair to be concealed by a green wig, and his clothing to be instantly replaced by a yellow and red costume with green trunks and a sheepskin cape. Uh, as the creeper, Ryder then shifted his voice tone and acted chaotically in order to intimidate foes and protect his identity. Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> but again, the origin you brought up, uh, because that came from the new Batman Adventures, I think that's the better origin. <laughs> <laughs> it makes a heck of a lot more sense. When was he created? When, what, is he a Silver Age or is he Golden Age? Well, he's Silver Age. Uh, showcase issue 73 all the way back in April of 68. And okay. you know, if they do anything with the Creeper, uh, you happen to be sitting on a million-dollar comic book there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. We can't wait till that happens. Uh, okay. So uh, going on to the next one, uh, movies, movie reviews and 20 Qs podcast. Great, great podcast there. Go and listen to them. They uh they called for gimme booster gold. Uh we talked about that. Booster gold. I I, I think it's a, it's a great property uh you know, set it in the future and then bring it into the past. Uh also adding in I'm hoping that like hell that Taika Waititi is playing Condiment King in the Suicide Squad. Uh yes, <laughs> yes please. <laughs> You know, honestly, and then and what's neat about the flexibility of Booster Gold too is that could be a show that you could also like. What a great platform for other superheroes to appear in, you know. And since everybody's Gaga over the multiverse, you know, you could have like, hey, let's, you know, like if if people wanted to like, you know, say Jim Carrey wants to suit up as the Riddler, all of a sudden Booster Gold appears in you know 1993 or whatever, and it's like, oh, let me stop the Riddler, you know. So that that could be a show where they could have a lot of potential to play. No, absolutely. I think I think you're you're absolutely correct, and uh, you could do all kinds of stuff there. And something to put in the background of your brain, okay? So, who is the voice for Skeets? Who, which actor do you have being that character? Uh, I mean, this is going because he's all over the place. <laughs> this is this is going well. If you were going to pick a name actor that people recognized, you could do Jim Parsons, which, you know, kind of makes sense with the whole Big Bang Theory stuff. But if you went with Rob Paulson, uh, you know, famous voice actor, I think I believe he's the voice of Yakko uh, no, or Wacko, one of the Warner Brothers from Animaniacs, that would yeah. be the best. And the Ninja Turtle. Is he with the Ninja Turtle also? Yeah, yeah, I think he was. I think he was either Leonardo or Raphael, one of those two. There you go. So, what about you? See, for me, you, yeah, who would you want? For me, I, I would pick uh, uh, Kit. I would see if uh, uh, I can't think of his name right now, but the uh, Mister Feeney himself. I would see if he'd want to come back because I think that'd be great. He would just be the absolute. His tone 
just sounds rational. And for dealing with a guy like Booster Gold, I think that'd be fun. You'd you'd hear the annoyance in his voice, like, "Oh my god, this crap again." <laughs> we just uh, talked about him in uh, Journey into Mystery because the second Incredible Hulk made for TV movie had him in it. Uh, the Death in the Family um, movie. Uh, he plays uh-huh. a evil doctor that is par- paralyzing a, uh, a young woman, trying to kill her. Wow, I never knew that time on the Hulk. Yeah, j- well, just just the one episode or the one movie, so two episodes technically. But yeah, uh, <laughs> that's wild. Okay, at Rico Reads Comics says a Zentana show on HBO Max, and uh, yes, because if anybody who listens to the show knows, I'm a huge Zentana fan, and Give me the show where she is starting out to learn magic or, you know, have it when she's older and knows magic, but flashbacks to when she's younger and learning magic. Like, I just want I want to see that world and I don't want to I don't necessarily want a Justice League dark TV series or movie. I want just Satana. (laughs) All those characters can come in, but just her. I would love to see that episode, like, you know, going back to like an episode with her father and then all of a sudden like, oh, yeah, I remember one of my first loves. This this guy, Matches Malone, came to learn some tricks from us. I just want to see you light up when that moment happens. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly what I want. Um. uh, Let's see. At Michael Hyde, H-E-I-D-E, I believe that's pronounced Hyde. There are so many Green Lanterns. Why did, why did they have to go with the boring, unrelatable dude from the 50s? John, oh, Kyle, thing. Jay, Jessica, Joe, at this point, I'd even settle for Guy. So uh, no love lost there for, for your character there, uh, Chris. And uh, I know you're not going to maybe care for this gentleman too much, but he makes a point. There are a lot of other Green Lanterns out there. You even brought it up. There, there's lots of other people they could they can go with. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, and that's the thing. Like, I don't know, I guess. So it's funny because being a Hal fan, we've dealt with that forever. You know, everybody just it's it's the cop out to to bash the character. And Mm -hmm. I get it. You know, there are definitely, you know, a character gets published long enough. There's definitely a lot of silly adventures, you know, but at the same time, though, it's like, well, if he's the boring character, why do they keep stealing from him to make the other characters step up um but i mean i i always think for me if they were going to do a a great green lantern show i think the winning formulas have the four you know how god how guy john and kyle have them in there and of course you you can have all the other lanterns you know like have some mogo have some kellogg but i think you have those four and you set it you set it in that you know uh space cop drama and you could have definitely overarching adventures uh hidden parts of their lives and stuff like that uh so that's how i would go but i mean at the same time yes there is definitely a lot of love for those characters that's what makes them enduring uh it's just rather unfortunate that the fan base of green lanterns it's like in order to build up one green lantern you have to tear down another and it's (laughs) like no they if rebirth taught us anything you know they all have yeah, they all have certain things that make them the the best that they are. Uh, and I, I agree with you, Chris. And I don't know, if I ever told you my idea for a web series for the Green Lanterns? Oh, what you got? So, you know, it might not be too great right now because we're going to be getting the, the Green Lantern Corps show uh, on HBO Max. But if you could do a web series and you don't necessarily need to have any named Green Lanterns, just have Green Lanterns of sectors that we don't normally talk about. 
but you make it a, a reality-based show just like cops, like literally film it like cops, but it's core. And, you know, you have a camera crew that's falling around two Green Lanterns as they go and stop petty crimes instead of big crime, you know, big world-ending stuff. <laughs> I'd dig that that'd be fun you know and, and you know and again it, it leads itself that you know you could have like one episode like hey let's go see what's going on Gnort's world and it's like you know we got a we got somebody unnecessarily pooping in the dog park and not picking up after themselves you know it's like, <laughs> a green lantern mission it's a vital green lantern mission <laughs> yeah exactly you could you could definitely do and in you 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 if you had someone that was good with makeup you know you could definitely do a lot of different alien stuff which would be cool yeah uh at inc spotlight i'd love to see a live action silver blade adaptation i have no idea who silver blade is do you recall this dc character i think it's like i i think he was like a character of the 50s and like he's kind of more yeah so okay um no actually okay he's the 80s so it was basically like i i can't tell you i i because i didn't read it but i do remember it uh it was a maxi series that ran for 12 issues um forget if he was like a movie star turned superhero or if it was like you know this is a superhero and then they made movies about him or something to that effect um Let's see. The series hero is aged movie star Jonathan Lord, nicknamed the Lord of Hollywood by the press. He is based on swashbuckling actors Errol Flynn and Tyrone Power, and back matter in the comics showed the three being contemporaries and friends. Um, let's see. Does he have any powers or anything? Nope. So, yeah, I just I think it was just an idea of, hey, let's let's have this a movie star who winds up having to be stepping up to the world of hero. <laughs> I think that this would be a great movie for DC to do that is not a DC superhero movie. Like, right? Like, the idea of just doing a character that has absolutely nothing to do with the rest of the Marvel or the DC superheroes, but then at the end turn it into something that it does. Like, like have it so that nobody knows. Like, because honestly, we're two big comic book readers and neither one of us knew anything about this character until now. So. Yeah. Well, and this is one of those fun ones, like you were saying, where it's like, because DC does a great job of flexing those muscles more than Marvel does. Like Road to Perdition. It's a superhero movie. It's a comic book movie, uh, to better state. Um, you know, The Losers, things like that. So like this one would be a fun one because even as I'm looking at the Wikipedia on Silverblade, I like the idea that there's themes of reality and wholeness. So it's like, wow, this sounds like it could be... Um, a really great exploration of what somebody's going through, what makes character, you know? So that could be fun. Uh, next one up is at the CVR123YT. Uh, Green Arrow, Booster Gold, and Constantine. So not quite what we asked for because all three have been made into uh, live action. Booster Gold probably being the least amount with uh, only showing up in Smallville. Uh, Green Arrow had his own show. Constantine had a movie and his own show and shows up in, in, in Legends, League of, Legends of Tomorrow. So, uh, but I'm not, I'm not angry. Like all three characters, great characters. Love to see more of them in anything like I've said in the past. And in on this exact podcast earlier, I want to see John Krasinski play Green Arrow. Oliver Queen. I'm all for it. 
if anything, well, to take that idea, we, we keep all three of them. You have to have a show featuring all three of them. And sadly, it's going to be called Legally Blonde, since they're all superheroes who are blonde. <laughs> it's the Blonde Time Brigade. That's what I want. Like, it's Booster Gold picking up Oliver Queen and Constantine to go fight uh, supernatural stuff throughout time with arrows. <laughs> but now, actually, but mention those three. That, that, that could almost work. Um, and I know you read part one with uh, Deceased. So those characters definitely got some great moments. Oh, uh, I can't for sure. wait for you to read the next one. Uh, deceased. Um, oh my God. World's end. I can't, I, as soon as that comes out, you're going to get a copy and I don't care if you cry or not, you're reading it. <laughs> <laughs> I probably will. I've, I've done it. I did in the last one. So, uh, at emo Scott Pilgrim, I don't know if you can get more emo than Scott Pilgrim already is, but at Emo Scott Pilgrim said, dude, a fucking Hawkman movie would be amazing or a movie centered around the question or imagine a Frankenstein movie about him hunting Melmoth and the Sheeta. Um, DC does have its own Frankenstein uh, monster, which is awesome. Uh, he, he does he does fight other mythical creatures, monsters. Yeah, yeah. He takes on the the darker, even darker side of the DC universe, their <laughs> horror brigade and all that. <laughs> uh, and we talked about the question earlier. Well, at least we talked about Vic Sage. We've seen Rene Montoya in uh, Birds of Prey. Uh, so if you wanted to give us a... Oh, and Rene Montoya was also in Gotham. So we saw that too. Uh, but Hawkman, we are going to be getting Hawkman in, or at least a version of Hawkman in uh the Black Adam movie, he was also in the flat or the Arrowverse, if you want to call it that, as one of the le- original Legends of Tomorrow. Um, and I believe we also had a, we had we did have a Hawkman in uh Smallville at one point. Yes, yeah. Uh, we even could go back as far as what was it? I think it was the challenge of the super friends the live action which was just kind of like a uh, roast of batman and robin uh, adam westbert ward and they did have a hawkman there i don't know if he had any lines but we have seen him live action it's the one people forget about <laughs> uh just a few more we have i think no nope that's everybody that's all the the ones that we got uh it's some definitely really cool choices in there um Anything in particular of those that you want, you would love to see? Well, I think it's exciting just just listening to what people toss out there. Um, there's a lot of love for Booster Gold, you know, and it's I, I think it's funny because he's been kind of a throwaway character. Um, I know the '90s didn't treat him well, and I mean, there was just kind of like a real dark period. And really, after '52, not the the new 52, but after 52, that, that year long weekly series, uh, when he got his own book with Jeff Johns and Jeff Katz, and then later on, Dan Jurgens, the creator coming in and helping out as well. That's when the character really grew on his own. Um, he, I know he had a great memorable episode of justice league unlimited. There, there's a strong potential there. And it's just a shame because, and obviously, you know, people are going to say, well, you, you can't have Booster Gold without Blue Beetle. And I think that would be a winning, you know, buddy cop superhero thing we haven't seen. Um, and there's always been talk. There's always been hype. And even to the point of with Brandon Routh, like he was supposed to be Ted Cord, And then DC said no, because we have plans. 
And that was a while ago. So it's, you know, DC, the old phrase is, you know, shit or get off the pot. And I'd really <laughs> like to do something with uh, Booster Golden. Definitely fans want it. And you know what the funny thing is, is that for the longest time, I wanted Zachary Levi to play Ted Cord in the live action thing. He is now our Shazam, though, so I don't think that's ever going to happen. But give me a Ted Cord uh, show uh, or movie. I think that'd be that'd be pretty cool. Um, even if he's yeah. like being trained by Dan Garrett, like that'd be pretty cool too. Oh yeah. So I hope I'm not cutting into your. Yeah, I hope I'm not cutting into yours. So what is your property that you'd love to see turn into a live action? All right. Well, so, of course, you know, I, I wanted to be a little bit selfish here. So I think about my Magnificent Seven of the DC Universe. And, you know, we've seen Green Lantern and Nightwing uh, be live action. So that's exciting. And that leaves me with five other characters. Um so I, I really did. I wanted to use Ted. I thought about it, but I was like, nah, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see. So the characters I went with. So I'm going to, if you don't mind, I'm going to pitch two shows. Um, so I'll try to go quickly with it. Um, and I like both these characters because they kind of give me a, one of my favorite TV shows was Quantum Leap. And there's just that feeling of the connection to being the everyman and then also the traveling loner. That's that's just a fun element. Uh, the Incredible Hulk embraced that really well. And so I thought about, you know, that's probably a big influence to why I like some of these characters. So the first one that I would really strongly push for is I'd love to see Captain Atom. I think he would be a great character. Uh, he often gets forgotten about. Or sadly, he gets played up as a government stooge. But the thing is, if you go back and you read, like, read his first adventures, like, go back and read the 1980 series, 1987 series. And don't, don't, you know, I'm not even, I wouldn't even go as far back saying, like, go pick the, the 1950s Captain Adam, the original version. I definitely like when DC Comics purchased him and they revamped him. Um, just because it's, he's a, a Vietnam soldier you know a, a wartime soldier during the vietnam conflict and he goes in and he basically winds up accidentally discovering that his superiors are in a in allegiance with the Viet Cong and their drug smuggling and so he gets framed for the job and when he wakes up his co is killed he's holding the knife and it's like i didn't do this and of course you know it's like nope you did it um and then for some reason they're like okay well since you're this bad guy uh we're gonna offer you a deal you can sit on t in this alien spaceship that we're going to blow a nuclear bomb up or you can rot in prison. So he's like, well, if I'm going to die, you know, send me to the, you know, let's do this. And of course the explosion happens. They think it's a, a critical fail and instead it winds up launching him into the future. Now, back then the future was 1988. <laughs> so we'll have to do some revamping, but I think it'd be fun because you have that element of a man who is dealing with a life left behind. You probably wouldn't want to use the Vietnam War because of the length of time, uh, because one of the exciting things about his comic series was the fact that he got to meet his children, now adults, you know, so I think that would be fun. So, like, they could be supporting characters. Um, so I'd probably have it in a recent conflict or you don't even need to have it. He's just an enlisted Air Force, Air Force uh, soldier, uh, pilot. Um I would love to play it. I think that could mix in some CSI elements that we don't really see as much in superhero shows. Uh, what was it? Jag, you know, maybe you could do some elements to something like that. That would, that'd be fun. Um, so I would cast Josh Dumel as my, 
Nathaniel Adam. I think he'd make a great pick for it. Uh, and then I thought about villains. So Captain Atom, unfortunately, is is stuck working for the government. And the government is like, well, hey, if, if it worked once, then clearly it'll work again. And they get this horrible guy, Mike Schmeck, and they give him Captain Atom-esque powers, and he becomes Major Force, which I think works perfectly because you have the initials MF, so we know what he really is. <laughs> and you know, But he is just a big bulk of a man. Uh, he does not have a great temperament to himself nor a good background. Um, and I just thought of his physique, and I was like, you know, a, a wrestler would be a good – pick and you said something when you were helping me cast you said heel and i was like "Ooh!" and kurt angle i think would be great for this because he has the physique or at least he did uh that looks very just thick bulky so i think he could definitely have that look to him uh playing the heel would be perfect because there's moments where you almost want to feel bad for major force, but then you're like, no, this guy's a bag of crap. So I think Kurt angle could have fun playing that um, being the hero that is trying to be a hero, but he really is not. So I mean, I'd love to see those two. Yeah. Not only the heel, but the heel wrapped in the American flag. Like that's exactly what major force is. So that's what exactly, you know, that's the character Kurt angle played for the longest time in, in, in wrestling. Uh, he is an actual, uh olympic gold medal winner so there's that but uh it, it's yes use use his ability i, I think that i think that's a, a great show uh it, to, to put josh Duhamel, josh Duhamel in there uh that's pretty good yeah. Yeah. I think it'd be fun. You know, it would just be a lot of, there, there's a lot of humanity to play in there. And plus, you know, I know a lot of people, when they think of Captain Adam, they probably go more towards uh, Dr. Manhattan. And, you know, there's definitely some elements to play there. You know, like what does a man do when he has the power of the quantum realm at his disposal? But at the same time, what really is the quantum realm? I don't think we're <laughs> <laughs> well, don't yeah. worry. Ant Man and the Wasp will teach us uh, in the next three years what the quantum <laughs> realm is. Uh, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. The the only live action versions of Captain Adam we've seen so far are Doctor Manhattan. <laughs> like, if you know your history, the Doctor Manhattan is just a another version of Captain Adam uh, when they made the Watchmen. So, uh, yeah, give me give me Captain Adam. Uh, Nathaniel Adams on the big screen. See what? W- let me see what that can look like. Uh, what's your other property you wanted to pitch? All right. So now this is a big one, and uh, this is one of my top tier characters. I love this character so much. Dead Man. Um, it's it's been it's been so close. Like I think TNT at one point was really doing a lot of like, okay, let's make this a property that happens. So Dead Man would be great. This is going to be even more in the quantum leap idea of a man possessing other people and having to do something. So we have a cir- circus acrobat, uh, Boston Brand is doing his high wire act. He's a scumbag. He's a jerk. He's a very selfish guy. Uh, he gets shot and killed during one of his performances. And um, Ramakushna, the uh, the uh, ethereal entity, decides to say, well, look, I will give you a chance if you become my agent to find your killer. And, of course, him being selfish at the moment, he's like, yeah, very much so. So he accepts it and he becomes the ever-roaming dead man. So no one can see him or hear him. Um, but, of course, you know, the comics change that they do have one or two characters because it got kind of boring listening to the guy talk to himself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so 
he is able to talk to some of his close friends uh, and he just travels the world trying to find his killer. And I, you know, you could definitely set that out. That's that has elements of the TV show, the fugitive, you know, this man on the hunt. Um, and I think it would be fun just because, you know, when you do the possessions, I think it would be great because you could play those elements of quantum leap. So when we would see the actor, Scott Bakula wearing these ridiculous costumes, you know, or playing crazy moments where it's like, I'm a baby, but I'm a grown man, you know, <laughs> so I, um, I, I kind of struggled with casting. I didn't have an idea, but Mitch threw one. Um, and again, it comes down to dance and this man has quite the power over it. Sam Rockwell, I think would be fantastic. Um, to see him be our Boston brand. I think he has the, the chutzpah, the charisma to it. Um, couldn't have, I, I, that, that is a hundred percent Mitch. That, that is a perfect pick. Um, I, and plus I think he as an actor would love it. Just the insanity of it, you know, like, okay, today we're going to film this. So are you ready to do it? So I think he would definitely be gung ho for it. Yeah. Um, you give me that scene that we see in, uh, the white lantern book, uh, the brightest day, uh, where uh-huh. Boston brand takes off his mask for the longest time, which I think I, as a comic book reader, never knew was a mask. I just assumed that it was, <laughs> he, he looked dead because he was dead. Uh, and you, and you, you would, you, it's perfect. Perfect for Sam Rockwell's face right there. Like I can, I can totally see him pulling that off. And, uh, I, I would love this. I would love to see this movie where you have Sam Rockwell, jumping from body to body trying to help out people uh somewhat paying a penance uh for the lifestyle he lived before he died yeah no i think that would that would be perfect um you know because we're going to get that character growth and that's always something that people enjoy um for some of the outlooks on this i would say uh, i I, and it's funny because in the comics these two have not actually met i don't think they've interacted but i think a great villain for um the dead man would be dc's own devil in the form of oh my god i lost his name neuron neuron yeah. uh, so these two they've never they've actually i don't think they've ever had a story together <laughs> but i think that would be perfect i'd love those two to go up against each other um so again you helped me out with this one josh holloway uh playing neuron would be perfect because they you know they're both very charismatic good-looking blonde-haired men so i think that'd be great and I would love to play with the foils that while Boston has this mission to do these biddings, of course, you're going to have Neuron come up and be like, look, I will grant you the revenge you seek. I'll even give you a life if you want. And of course, Boston's always going to be tempted because it's like, man, here's the guy who's giving me the, the ultimate get out of jail free card. Should I take it? And that temptation's always going to be there. And, you know, Boston is not someone to say no. So I think that'd be fun to have an episode see where the bad guy wins. And Josh Holloway, he, he gives me that vibe of Neron. He can do that. Uh, I mean, yes, I, I think this would this would make uh, for a great uh, opposition to each other. So I'm all for it. I think uh, I think you, you got a great show there. I am also very surprised that I did not hear a Miracle Man uh, Scott Free show or movie come out come from you. <laughs> Well, just because I know, like, supposedly, um, I forget the director. She's a real famous hot director right now. But she's working with Tom. Yes. And um, she's working with Tom King. And, you know, so I I, I, I trust we're going to get a good Scott Free. 
<laughs> so it's like, okay, you know, he, he definitely can have that boom. Um, I thought about it, you know, that one would be, I think that would be a fun experiment in television uh, to just take and say, okay, look, we're going to do like, you know, whatever fits a good season, six episodes or something. And then just basically take um, Tom King's story and put it to adaption. You know, what happens when a superhero can escape anything escapes life, you know, how would it go? But at the same time, there's so much more to miracle man than just that one story. And I don't think, I mean, I love the character, but I also respect and know that, you know, people really aren't going to care to read the adventures of a superhero living in suburbia. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I, I think, I think if you, well, <laughs> the way WandaVision's going right now, <laughs> you could see a superhero living in suburbia make it as a, as a pretty good show. So, uh, oh, these, these two don't want to escape suburbia. <laughs> <laughs> true. But something's definitely going to pull them out. Anyways, um, my property that I wanted to see, the first thing that came to my mind, especially since last week, I for the Marvel side, I did a team. I was thinking, what was the team that I would want to see? Most of the stuff's already been adapted. And I think that was the biggest problem going into this challenge, especially for our followers, because we did ask for something that hadn't already been on live action. Because uh, between all the movies and and they've been dc's been doing dc movies longer it seems like longer than than marvel has uh and all the tv shows we definitely had def- a lot of different tv shows and now with the boom of dc tv shows uh we've had just about every character be adapted i still haven't seen and this is back in 2018 they made an announcement that on cbs they were going to have a secret six tv show uh that's right yeah i definitely don't think that's happening anymore probably because the suicide squad movie bombed the first time um but we're getting another suicide squad movie so who knows maybe they'll come back around and now with hbo max a thing why not make that into a tv show over there uh honestly if they did a secret six show i would want to see the thomas blake uh team the one that's created by gail simone uh because I don't honestly know about the Secret Six from before that, um, but uh, Thomas Blake as Catman, um, Scandal Scandal Savage, yeah, uh, the daughter of Vandal Savage, uh, Ragdoll. I think Bane was on that team at one time, and King Shark. But some of the other characters are very interchangeable. Um, but Thomas Blake and as Catman and Scandal Savage on there as Scandal, like give me that team. Uh, the two of them as the co-leads. I want to see it. But my actual answer for this is a little bit of a cop-out because uh, we have seen our man on screen. We saw Rex Tyler in flashback as our man in Stargirl. We've seen the new Rick Tyler as our man on Stargirl. So... I want to see a post World War II setting Rex Tyler Our Man TV series that very much plays out as a procedural. Uh, I think you have him be an ex-soldier. He fought in World War II. Uh, he used, you know, being in the in the military to get his degree, be a uh, field surgeon or a field doctor. Um, he comes out as a chemist while he was away. Uh, fighting in World War II, his his father got killed, mugged on the street, 
guy who taught him, you know, everything he knows about being a man. You know, maybe even a former strong man in the circus or something like that. So, uh, you know, uh, the, our Rex Tyler is very much in shape and, and smart. So putting all this together, he, he, he's going to come up with the chemical compound to, you know, make himself even stronger so that he can protect anybody else that needs to be protected. Uh, comes up with Miracolo or Miracolo or however you're supposed to say it. And <laughs> the, the pill will give him the, hours worth of strength and invulnerability and speed and reflexes beyond that of normal men to uh go and and fight crime but there are there are consequences to altering your body using chemicals and and pills and drugs he's going to start having uh and this is where I'm going to bring in stuff from you know the the Rick Tyler our man he's going to start having terrible you know, dreams that are of the future and of the past. And he's going to be jumping around in time. Uh, things are not going to work out for him to the point for mental health. Uh, I actually want him. I want Matthew Tyler from the far distant future, the hour man Android to come back and, ha- you know, have to have conversations with him, uh, explain to him what's going on, maybe even give him access to the war log and, and use that in, in a TV series. Uh, he will get to see his his son Rick Tyler as a grown man go through addiction and and what it is that he has to, he he's going to have to deal with in the future, knowing that he hasn't even met the woman that he is going to eventually have a son with. But this is in the future and it's set. There's nothing that he can do about not putting his son through this agony. But then he'll also have an hour of time that he can spend with his father before his father died. Like it's that pocket universe that Rick Tyler eventually uses to have with Rex, uh, you know, in, in a bubble, like he has, he has exactly an hour that he can go and ask for advice or help or whatever you want before he has to put him back in time. And, uh, uh, he, you know, has to go to his fate of being killed during a mugging, uh, actor wise. I would, I, I, we both kind of did a terrible thing. Like we, we are not going to make it as casting uh, people because we picked uh, more middle-aged people to play our our roles, and they're definitely going for younger actors so that they can play these roles for a long time. Uh, but I went with, uh, and we went over how to say his name, but I think it's Toma Toma uh, Pekentin Pekinet Pennekent. Right, here we go. Let me get, let me get the robot to say it. There you go. You're close. Tomo Pennicut. Tomo Pennicut. Uh, most people will know him from Battlestar Galactica. I was a fan of his from Dollhouse. I think he'd make a great Rex Tyler. Um, to play his girlfriend turned wife, Wendy Wendy Harris. I would love Maggie Q. Uh, if you don't recognize her name, you would definitely recognize her face. She has been in so many things of genre, uh, and at one time a La Femme Nikita. So she knows how to kick ass. I would play her up as a like a a a spy like character and knows how to kick ass. Maybe even a, an agent of some type of organization, uh, federal organization. Uh, give her a little bit of more meatier character than just be um, uh, Rex Tyler's girlfriend. Uh, someone that he has to team up with to take down Psycho Pirate. Or the main villain of my show, who isn't necessarily a villain of our man's, but to me, it, does, it makes so much sense to put them together. Per, per Degaton, a villain from the future that time travels to the past to steal things and make money. Uh, I always loved 
Kevin McKidd, and I think he would make a great Perdegaton as this very charismatic uh, thief from that time travels. Um, he even did a TV show for NBC for a little while. I think one season called the journeyman where he traveled through time. Uh, so give Ooh. me Kevin McKidd as uh Perdegaton make this series happen. I will be there to write and show run as soon as you're ready. DC <laughs> HBO max. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fun. And I, like I said, I like it because <clears throat> I think like, I think it'd be fun just to explore this man's life and how he went from like, you know, like I like that, that new twist you're adding to these humble origins with him and his own father. And then it's like, you know, here's a guy who's just a strong man and it's like, Oh, you know, but that was a fantastic life back in the day. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, boom, his life is like, yeah, dad, I fought in world war two. I've created this compound that can like enhance human bodies, but you also have to keep it secretive because you don't want somebody to get it and then misuse these powers for evil. And, you know, like there's a lot of drama there and then, you know, eventually like him discovering his son, you know, and it's like, wow, look what my, look what my legacy did. It kind of turned my boy into an addict, you know, like there's, there's a lot of great drama in there. And I think that's what, like, that's why we ultimately do like these superheroes. Like, yes, we love their feats and their extraordinary things, but the drama is also a great thing. So like, you've got some great stuff to play with in there. Yeah, I think I think most people who don't read comic books definitely see it as that as a, it's just, you know, it's just those superhero things where everybody is is super good and they're they they can't be defeated and stuff like that. But when you get down to actually reading comic books, and I'm not putting anybody down for for thinking that about comic books cuz that's what you're supposed to think. You're supposed to think they're the funny books. They're, you know, they're for kids and stuff like that. These stories are dark, they're deep, they're 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 full of character and uh, it's definitely what made me a movie lover too. Like to look into character and how how much you can build character. So, uh, TV series—that's yeah. exactly where TV series are right now. That's why we're—it's being called the golden ages of of TV right now because we have so many different streaming platforms and places where people can tell stories about character. That uh, it is 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 very much the the new norm for TV. All right, Chris. There, there's our, our pitches for this week. I think we did a great job. I think uh, we can't wait till the DC yeah, comes knocking. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of uh, memorable classic television there. Uh, you, I know we're going to have you tune in next week because, you know, these shows can have some great cliffhangers. <laughs> so uh, get at us, Warner Brothers HBO. <laughs> Uh, if you have other ideas for the characters that we talked about or other characters you'd want to see, please find a, find me on Twitter. I'm at Mitchipedia, G-E-M, G-E-M stands for Geek Elite Media. Chris, where can people find you? Uh, you can definitely find me on Twitter as well. I am Stuff I Should Say, should being spelled S-H-U-D. Uh, and then check out the writings I do on GeekEliteMedia.com as well as AIPTComics.com. The rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our website, geekelitemedia.com. Please check it out on our Patreon. Our Patreon has exclusive material that only our patrons get to hear. Uh, it's patreon.com slash Geek Elite Media. Whatever podcatcher you use to listen to this, please rate and review us. It helps. Uh, it helps spread the word of our network uh, so that others can also join in on the fun. And if you are a Amazon 
Prime user, you have access to Prime Music. If you can go and uh, give us a follow on Prime Music, uh, it will help spread the word also. Uh, our po- all of our podcasts are now available there. But until next time, because we will not be here next week, this is Imagine If on the Geekly Media Network saying always remember to geek out. Geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Beep.